and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the greatest show on earth. From Baltimore, Maryland, you're listening to the Maryland Theater Guide with Mark Beachy, a show about theater, music, and dance in the Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Northern Virginia area. During the program, you'll listen to special guest interviews and performances. What's more, listeners will have a chance to win theater tickets and other great prizes. And now, here's your host, Mark Beachy. Welcome to the second episode of the Maryland Theater Guide podcast. I'm your host, Mark Beachy. This episode features an interview with Mark Scharf and Ann Turiano, a monologue moment with Mark Aaron, and a musical moment with Mickey Cashman. In addition, stick around to play a game called Trivia Time. We'll get to our first guest after the news. The Maryland Theater, a century-old theater in Western Maryland, has been approved for a $13 million restoration with expansion. Governor Larry Hogan was on hand for the groundbreaking ceremonies at the theater. After 14 years of producing shows, the Forum Theater in Silver Spring will officially close on July 31st. More sad news, the Concert Artists of Baltimore is closing after 31 years of performing. The Cappies of the National Capital Area announced the 2017-2018 winners at a special ceremony at the Kennedy Center on June 10th. I was on hand to present the Maryland Theater Guide Returning Critic Award to Katherine Kelly from McLean High School. Besides receiving a trophy, Maryland Theater Guide sponsored a $500 cash prize for the winner. Are you looking for a play that will give you a chill on a hot summer night? Written by Mark Scharf and directed by Ann Turiano, The Quickening tells the story of a young couple moving into their new home on the outskirts of Richmond to start a family. Their burgeoning life is quickly disrupted by a ghost from the Civil War. Can the soon-to-be mother find the courage to learn the truth and face the unknown in order to save the life of her unborn child? I now welcome playwright Mark Scharf and director Ann Turiano to the program. My first question is for Ann. When you first read Mark's script, what was your initial reaction? Uh, I was so thoroughly creeped out. He writes in a really vivid manner, so I could, I could definitely see this putting a chill down somebody's spine. So, so it, it's funny because we're in tech week and I see the same effect over and over again and they still disturb me. Um, so I think that bodes really well. But yeah, he just had created such a vivid and well-organized picture. Um, I can't give anything away specifically, but uh, it, yeah, it's just every single time it's so creepy and it, it, it stays with you. Mark, what inspired you to write this play? I wanted to write a ghost story for the stage to see if you could pull off in live theater a ghost story that engaged the audience and wasn't cheesy, if you will. It's not a slasher film. It's not uh, where a lot of horror has gone, but something that engages the audience because it all happens in the audience's mind. There were some techniques when I was young, when I was uh, 12, um, I watched uh, a movie by myself, The Haunting of Hill House, based on the novel by Shirley Jackson. And you never, in that film, you never saw any creatures, anything move, You, you, you saw the after effects, you saw writing on a wall, you saw doorknobs turn, things like that that 
cumulatively built up in the audience's mind so that terror, being frightened, being, being open to different possibilities happens with the audience. This kind of story intrigues me. As I've gotten older, this kind of subject matter has gotten to me more and more of when folks pass on, is that it? Mark, tell us about some of the characters that are in your play. Well, they're all normal people, if you will. We have uh, Matt and Beth, they're a young married couple. She's pregnant with her first child, and she's moved from Baltimore to uh, where he lives and works in Richmond, Virginia. And this is a city that, that is swimming in history. And that history, you know, affects things. It, it informs how, how, how people think even when they don't when they're not aware of it. But the characters, I want them to be normal folks, if you will, with, uh, I guess, the exception of, of Rosemary, like Beth's mother, who's I also think is quite normal. She's, she's from Baltimore, but her mind is open to more things than most people's minds are. And what's it like directing a world premiere play? You know, we've been working on this for nine months. So we had six months of workshops and Mark in the room and all the actors sitting around and really getting to spend time with the questions and the characters. And, you know, it's such a, a, an amazing resource to have the playwright in the rehearsal room when you need him to, to talk to him about his inspiration and, and how much he wants you to put your attention on any particular, you know, image or idea. So, yeah, this world premiere is such an honor to do it, to do it with a Baltimore artist, to do it with someone that I have a personal relationship with and I know his body of work. Uh, yeah, it's just been an incredible opportunity and such a luxury. If only it were this easy every time. The word luxury, I think, is, is extremely apt because it's been such a joy to have the time. Normally, you know, you get into these, uh, get into a production process and you've got X number of weeks and that's it. You know, you hit the ground running and you, you constantly have your eyes focused on that rapidly approaching, uh, you know, opening night. And, and with this, we did get to sit and spend time with the script, with the characters, with the actors, with all these different theater artists involved without that pressure of yeah, you and need I to make a decision now. With any world premiere, you know, you're wondering, like, at what point is this script ready to be put on its feet? And when we got it, you know, when it was selected, you know, a year and a half ago, I think it was really close to being ready, but have Mark there to make sure that he was 100% sure and like complete confidence going into the production process. That was just really excellent. I'm glad that we were able to do that. How has the play evolved over the course of the rehearsal process? There's logistical changes. There are line changes. You you find inconsistencies. You find all, all kinds of um, all things that need to be tightened and, and maybe there's repetition or maybe, you know, you're, you're looking to make it the cleanest script you can so that every single line either moves the play forward or gives you information about a character that, that is important for the audience to have. If it doesn't move the play forward, if it doesn't give you information that's important for the audience to have, then you need to get ruthless and cut it. Yeah, and I, I want to add on to that, that we've had, you know, this play, it had a life before we selected it for the season, and it had been, you know, doing stage readings and workshops around. And those are great. Those are, you know, they serve a purpose, definitely. But I think the actors that we have for the actual production, um, several of them have been involved since the beginning, you know, since the first time this was read in Mark's living room. And so since they've spent so much time occupying the world of the play and the character that they're representing, I mean, they just, they have such a remarkable insight. And, and I, I just don't, I don't know if it would have been achievable if we did, like Marcus saying, you know, the four or six week rehearsal process, we're really pretty lucky to have those people who've been sitting with it for years and know these characters, you know, forward and backwards. So they've evolved with the script and their relationship to the script has definitely evolved in rehearsal too. Now let's listen to and then discuss this first clip from the play where Beth is explaining to her husband, Matt, that she has witnessed a number of strange events in their new home. There's something going on with this house. 
Oh, for God's sake, now what are you talking about? Stuff happens when you're not here. Stuff? Yeah, stuff. Like boxes falling over and cutting yourself on broken glass? Part of it. Oh, and calling a wrong number so that a fax machine screams in your ear. I didn't call anyone. Well, maybe one fax machine was calling another and somebody didn't program the right number into it. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to call Mom. There is no need to call She yours. knows about things like this. Things like this? She's had experience. You know that. Well, I know what you told me. Doesn't mean I believe in any of that stuff. Stuff? Uh, Matt and Beth, uh, <laughs> David and Amanda are really funny. You know, we've, we've worked a lot on their relationship and, you know, being a real married couple and having their squabbles. But for Beth, I mean, she's at the beginning of this play, she's in this brand new situation, right? She just moved into this house away from home, moved from Baltimore to Richmond. She's pregnant and in the very late stages of pregnancy in the summer. So she's all stressed out and uncomfortable and she's in this circumstance. And then this crazy stuff starts happening. So she's, she's really pushed to the edge uh, very quickly in this play. And, um, I think, What's interesting here is that a lot of the things that start to happen could easily be explained away. This is something we, we keep talking about. And, you know, I'll add here that with the, the quickening, we've had an opportunity to do some really fun uh, related events. So we had these um, ghost investigators come into the space at Fells Point Corner Theater. Uh, you know, for years and years, people have been saying it's haunted. There's stuff going on upstairs. So we, we had paranormal investigators come in and do an overnight investigation, which was, uh, we'll see the results of that on, on June 16th. They're going to reveal what they found. But we've, we've had all these debates about like, well, what does it mean when you hear a thump or you hear a series of footsteps? That could so easily just be something in the walls or a neighbor's baby monitor that we hear over our radios. So for these characters, like so many of us, like they have very different perspectives on the paranormal. And uh, I guess we'll see where that takes us. Stay tuned for part two of my interview with Mark Scharf and Anne Turiano later in the program. When we come back from the break, it's time for a monologue moment with Mark Aaron. Are you looking for the perfect gift for someone who loves the performing arts? Do you have an actor, dancer, or musician in the family? Well, look no further. The Maryland Theater Guide features an online gift shop that theater, music, and dance aficionados will love. From apparel to jewelry to games and puzzles, books and more, take a peek inside the Maryland Theatre Guide's gift shop. Visit mdtheaterguide.com and start shopping. To be or not to be, that is the question. We know what we are, but know not what we may be. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to put down the slings and arrows and get ready for a monologue moment. Here on the Maryland Theatre Guide. Today's guest for a monologue moment is Mark Aaron. Mark is an actor and model based in southwestern Virginia. He has appeared in several projects over the years, but mostly those of film and television. The monologue is taken from the play That Was Then by Kelly Powell, which follows the lives of high school students. The character Seth is discussing his struggle with having to tell his father that he is not gay, when indeed he actually is. And now Mark Aaron performing a monologue from That Was Then. I told my dad about how David and I were walking through the hallway, and one of the jocks came up behind him and yelled, Fag! My dad asked me if David was, and I was just like, yeah, David's gay. And my dad asked me, why would I be hanging out with someone who was gay? And I didn't say anything. And then he said, Seth, you're not gay, are you? And for a minute, I wanted to tell him, you know, everything. But then he looked at me, 
and he was actually serious. And I thought he was going to cry or something. And he said, Seth, please tell me you're not gay. And I just looked at him and I said, no, dad, I'm not gay. And he breathed this big sigh of relief. And I tried to just think about how in another two years I'll be able to leave home and support myself and I'll tell him and he'll just have to deal with it. But until then, I have to keep lying so they don't throw me out of the house. This has been a monologue moment on Maryland Theater Guide. And now back to my interview with Mark Scharf and Anne Turiano. So maybe your consciousness doesn't end with the death of your physical brain. Maybe we don't end when our body dies. Maybe we go on, move to a new brain and body, live another life. Wouldn't that be a comfort to know? Mark, would you like to add your thoughts about that clip? The uh, play is uh, bookended, if you will. It's framed with one of the characters, Philomena, or Phil, who's played by Debbie Bennett, who's a math teacher at a community college in Richmond and who's, uh, whose passion is physics, uh, particularly quantum uh, physics. And so this lays out the information, if you will. It, it begins and, and, and ends the show on this uh, note of, of clarity, if you will, laying it out, and it, it's not preaching, though. Which I, hope, I hope you notice that it's not it's not trying to convince you and say or say you know definitely come down on the side of A, a or B. It's laying out what if, and if it's so, wouldn't that be a comfort? And Debbie's just really fun because she gets to be you know at the beginning and the end she's a little bit of we've been calling it um, a mix between Carl Sagan and Rod Serling. Like she's she's sort of in the story <laughs> and out of the story, and it's it's just a cute I think a really like charming conceit that Mark has created. The collaborative theater company is certainly living up to its name because after all, both of you have to work together to produce this world premiere play. Yeah, this is this has been extremely comfortable for me because um, I worked for Anne as an actor before, and I've seen her work as a director, as a writer, and coming through the early rehearsal process. You know, I think we you develop a rhythm, you develop a, an understanding, a shorthand, if you will, of how to talk, and and a, and a level of trust that has made it very smooth. And I, mean, I couldn't be happier with that. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I come from a background in grad school. I wrote my thesis on the director-dramaturg playwright relationship. And so I, I know when those, when those situations can become really fraught. You know, you don't want to have a situation where you're doing playwriting by committee. Everybody has an opinion, of course, but it's not Mark's job to make sure that all the actors are completely happy based on exactly what they want to say at any given time. It's about the play and telling or creating the play together. So uh, I hope that we've achieved that here. Yeah, if if you go to the production's website, uh, thequickeningplay.com, there's a blog at the back, and, and my last blog entry is what I call Rehearsal Rules for Playwrights, and you want things to go smoothly. So part of that has to do with how, as a playwright, how do you approach the situation and uh, so that you don't create any problems, that you keep things moving forward, and yet you still, you know, you are the the uh, author. You are still, yeah. I'm the author of the, of the play, and the way I look at it, and Anne is the author of the production. Why should audiences come out to see the play? Audiences should come out because they should be delighted and proud that we have excellent work happening here in Baltimore, that we have, we can boast about our playwrights and the fact that we're doing a world premiere, first time this has ever been staged, um, full out. And I think, I think they'll also be pleasantly surprised by the production value, really high, and everybody loves a scare, right? Everybody loves to be creeped out, and we can guarantee that, so... 
if you want if you want a little bit of a of a early summer chill, come come check out the quickening. And what's it like having the playwright watch the rehearsals? I have to say, there's nothing better than watching. I was behind Mark watching a playwright watch his own work and nod because he's delighted with how it's ah. come together. Like, that, was, that was a beautiful moment. So yay! I think we've achieved something good if we can make Mark happy. I've <laughs> <laughs> done that. All of it has has come together. Every so often, everything comes together. Right. And this is one of those events, and that's, which, which makes up for all the other events. You know, as you know, if you, if you keep working on everything, is, is always uh, one of those perfect evenings. But this is one of those events that makes it all worthwhile. This reaffirms or confirms, rather, you know, my, my belief in, in what we do. Finally, what do you want audiences to walk away with? I really think that everybody will. I think the final question, you know, she asked that question in the beginning, like, what if? This is how this is how it works. If we if we existed before and, and our brain is not the thing that generates our consciousness, I think that they're going to walk away and view life just a little bit differently because of the question at the center of this play. So I think mission accomplished. You know, a play asks a question and this, this play definitely asks a big question. If they're having a conversation on the way home in the car, you know, if they're talking about it, they go home and they start Googling <laughs> certain quantum physics Experiments. If they start Googling, uh, you know, religious history, if they start Googling, you know, it engages them and pulls them in. They want to know, too. That would be wonderful. That's, that's the point. Above all, I am an opera singer. This is how people will remember me. I know I'm an opera singer, but we're actors, too. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get out your opera glasses and get ready for a musical moment. Here on the Maryland Theatre Guide. Today's guest for a musical moment is Mickey Cashman. Mickey is a recent high school graduate from Calvert County who has seasoned himself in various performance opportunities throughout the years. Mickey will be attending New England Conservatory to study vocal performance, as well as to strengthen his skills in performance, production, and composition to pursue his career as an independent artist. And now here is Mickey Cashman singing Amarilli Miabella by Caccini. Oh. 
This has been a musical moment on Maryland Theatre Guide. Today's Trivia Time category is Shakespeare. The first person to email me the correct answers will win the official Maryland Theatre Guide teddy bear. This cuddly bear from the Maryland Theatre Guide gift shop is wearing a white t-shirt with the Maryland Theatre Guide logo. Before we begin, here are the correct answers from our last episode. Question number one. What is the occupation of the main character of Fiddler on the Roof? Is it A. Matchmaker, B. Dairyman, or C. Teacher? The correct answer is B, Dairyman. Question number two, Broadway's longest running show is A, The Phantom of the Opera, B, Cats, or C, Gypsy. The correct answer is A, The Phantom of the Opera. Question number three, what name did the devil go by in Damn Yankees? Is the correct answer A, Mr. Lewis, B, Mr. Higgins, or C, Mr. Applegate? The correct answer is C, Mr. Applegate. And now, let's play today's edition of Trivia Time. What is the name of Shakespeare's Theater? Is it A, the Hippodrome, B, the Globe, or C, the Winter Garden Theater? The quote, All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players, is from which play? A, As You Like It, B, A Midsummer Night's Dream, or C, Hamlet? Which Shakespeare play is the shortest? Is it A, Romeo and Juliet, B, Hamlet, or C, The Comedy of Errors? Email your answers to me at mark at mdtheaterguide.com.
We are out of time for today. I would like to thank our guests, Mark Scharf, Ann Turiano, Mark Aaron, and Mickey Cashman. I'm Mark Beachy for the Maryland Theater Guide. Have a theatrical day. Thanks for listening to the Maryland Theater Guide with Mark Beachy. To read the latest theater, music, and dance reviews, be sure to visit our free online performing arts magazine at mdtheaterguide.com. To become a guest or sponsor of the show, email mark at mdtheaterguide.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Maryland Theater Guide.